Um, I'm scared of feedback, but at the same time crave it mm. secretly, but not so secretly. But um, it's kind of difficult, sort of putting stuff out there. And you're lovely. You do give me feedback, and I appreciate it. And you're very nice about the story that went up last week, about which was about me and my mum, uh, which was nice. But um, yeah, it's a it is it's something I'm getting used to now. I, I didn't worry about so much back when I blogged. Actually, funnily enough, our blog got quite a lot of hits, but we didn't get all that much feedback in terms of in terms of the quality of the work. Although thinking back on it now, it was ropey. The nice thing about Elephant Words is, um, much as I read and reread my stories when I put them up there, I know that someone who knows what they're doing will give it a pass for spelling and punctuation. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not that. To be honest, I'm not that great with that technical stuff. But I know what looks right. Yeah. Oh no, I've definitely noticed semicolons that weren't there before coming in and stuff like that. I'm wrong with. uh, I'm. I'm not great with the Oxford comma. And I'm not. I had to be well, told. Who, who gives a fuck about an Oxford comma? I had to be told about mm. its about the apostrophe. I've always been pretty good about not putting apostrophes where they're not meant to be. Mm. And some of the smartest people are really not great with that. Hey, I, but, I, I tell you, one of my friends is very funny uh, about apostrophes. Uh, it's a K. Oh yeah. So that's her mention for this one. She was mentioned in the last one. I know. I, I'm gonna. I'm, I want to do one K mention per episode now. Oh my god. Kay, Kay's a friend of ours that um, uh, I work with for a long time. Very fond of her. She's very lovely. Um, and she moved to Edinburgh. Uh, god, last year uh, at some point. I can't remember when because I was too busy crying into my beard. Yeah. Actually, no. She was around about this time last year because I think the reason she left is because I'd had a breakdown. Oh, do you and, think that's yeah, right? Yeah, I forced away. So she went to live in Edinburgh to get away from my weirdness. Okay, yeah, that um, sounds about right. But she's she's done quite a Herculean task. She's listened to all of Two Grown Men in about two and a half months. She which, has, yeah. Which kind of freaks me out. I think, how long have we been doing this? Uh, well, I mean, we oh, had a hundredth episode. How Noah? He's... Oh, you put me on the spot. He was two in, uh, two in July. So we've been doing it for, what, two and a half years? Yeah, yeah, pretty so much. So she's managed to condense two and a half years of our life into two and a half months, which kind of freaks me out. It is kind of crazy, because yeah. I don't think I'd remember half yeah. of what we've said. Someone should go back and, one of us, maybe yeah. you, should go back and, and listen. I mean, for you, yeah. see, my life's pretty much been the same the whole time, yeah. but you had a you had a breakdown. Yeah. So you probably missed a lot of it. Yeah, you never know. Like, you go back and listen to it mm. and go, oh, that was, I was, I didn't realise I was... Yeah. I'd probably I'd probably be able to identify some of the warning signs. Yeah, I didn't realise I was yeah. off on one then, I but I clearly was. Our last episode must have been like a greatest hits for her because it was like definitely we touched on stuff we'd spoken about before. Yeah. So and like if you listen back to him, you'd be like, oh, oh yeah, I cu- I cut Nick off quite a lot back then. I should apologise to him. Yeah, definitely that way round. <laughs> I uh, I might be deluded about about the, about the dynamic in all of the podcasts we do. She might wish to say that I say yeah an awful lot when, frankly, no one. The thing I always get when I'm listening back to the podcasts is, uh, quite often, especially when it's just you and me, I, I will forget that we're recording it, and it's for listening to um, after the the fact. So yeah. I. I react to you in the way that you react in a normal conversation. So in normal conversation, someone would be talking and generally the person listening to show that they're engaged will say, yeah, and uh-huh, and stuff like that. I listen back to our two GMs and think more often than not, I'm like cringing every time I hear a, uh-huh, yeah. It's, like, it's completely superfluous. It's not needed in an audio recording. We both used to do it lots, actually. I I have recently realised that there's a throat clearing thing I do a lot. And I thought I'd only started doing it recently, but when I listened to the really old episode of Momcast, the first one with Jane on, when I put that out, um, the uh, and I was doing it then as well. I know I am. I'm very aware of yeah. that. But this throat clearing thing, it's completely invol- involuntary. And, I, do, and I, I, I tend to associate it with having a cold. But it turns out I've got a cold almost all the time. 
during that, I stifled three mm-hmms, uh, but a yeah creeped out. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. <laughs> I guess. I Placeholders, I think everyone uses them. Like placeholder Except you, you can put your cup on one. I, you said it was okay. You said it this is, table's a piece of old crap. It's um, It's got a lot of character. Yeah, I like don't, it. Don't worry about it, because most of the table's in complete chaos, so I have no idea. And Scarlet, she really likes the coasters we've got, hmm. so I should just take them and put them somewhere where she's playing so she can look at them or use them for her ponies to dance on or well, something. There's something I, I there are, well there are kind of two things I, I wanted to talk about and they're probably practically the same thing. Oh, listen, you're listening to Two Grown Men. By the way, it's Two Grown Men. You can go. It's back just and, called. It's just called Two Grown Men. It's, not Two Grown Men. By yeah. the way, uh, BTW. Yes. If you're if you're uh, living any time since '95ish. Yes. I guess. Uh, the uh, the yes, Two Grown Men. It's a podcast. Uh, we tend to talk about ourselves a lot. It was supposed to be about children, but really it's just about us, isn't it, It's James? narcissistic introspection. Yes. Yes, exactly that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere else under Nick's site, N-I-X-S-O-G-H-T. James is... Um, I'm James M-O-M-B on Twitter. I'm also James uh, Mom on Instagram. And I guess if you're listening to this, you might be interested in my Instagram accounts. It's lots of family-orientated photographs on ah. there. See, whenever I post pictures of my children to Facebook, I always make those friends only, and that's not paranoia on my part. Well, it is paranoia, but it isn't. I'm not. I'm not worried about paedophiles searching. I'm. I'm worried about paedophiles. I think the sensible amount, which is, I would rather I never have to encounter one. Uh, but I'm not. I'm, that isn't I, why I'm not sharing photos of my children. I'll be honest with you. I'm more concerned about my child encountering one than me. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. But I'm. I'm quite small. And, and I've true. got a baby face. I think you're hairy enough to put them off. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the, Unless uh, they're pat mustard. I don't know what that means. Um, there is a, a, a Father Ted episode where uh, pat mustard is uh, speed. Speed 2. Oh, I remember. And pat mustard's uh, Lothario Milkman. And uh, the opening scene, uh, Dougal and Father Ted have been judging a beautiful baby contest and they're remarking on how very hairy the babies are and they've all got beards um, that look like Pat I Mustard's. remember because Pat oh, Father Ted's ace. I, 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 my favourite part is him when he, he phones up to tell Ted about the plan and he's, I've been yanking myself off around the clock because I haven't been able to have proper sex with ladies. Uh, the... Um... <laughs> But I'm not. I'm not worried. I'm not worried about. Is there nothing to be said for another mass? Oh God, I love a mass. Uh, I like that episode. I'm. If I'm the only reason I'm paranoid about sharing photos in public on Facebook is I know there are people who don't want to see them. Yeah. Whereas Instagram, I I I'm not bothered because my Instagram account is where I put photos of things that are important to me, and the things that are important to me are my friends and family. So there tends to be pictures of my friends and family up there. You're not on Facebook. I don't like Facebook because um, I have an account. I think I've mentioned this before. It's kind of to do with how uncomfortable I am with revisiting people from my past. Yeah, same same reason as Amy wasn't on Facebook. Yeah. It just occurs to me that the amount of times recently where a conversation has happened on Facebook where I've thought, oh, I want to share that with James... It happens more there than it does on Twitter. Sure. I think because people say nice things about yeah. us or on there quite a lot. Or my wife would generally pick them up. Nikki's on Facebook. You should do what uh, you should do. What a friend of my sister's uh, does, mm-hmm. uh, she, and she's lovely. This friend of my sister's. Mm. Um, uh, th- th- there's a story there which I'll tell you about at some point, James, when we're no, no longer on on. Where we're no longer recording. See now, what we should do when you say stuff like that. This is why we should have a Patreon account. And people so can listen. To we'll it. have a we'll have a conversation, but that will only be for our patrons. So what you're saying is that discretion, yeah, should only be for the um the people who aren't paying. I will be uh, indiscreet for cash. Okay, uh, the and the paywall will protect us from any any uh, like work yeah. based. Mm-hmm. Uh, consequences and stuff as well, won't it? So we can say anything. We, we can yeah, name. We can name names. Oh, there's no way my employers are gonna uh, are gonna uh, add us as a, a Patreon. <laughs> no. Um, so, uh, but whenever 
she basically always comments on my sister's stuff. Sure. She's got a Facebook account, but she always uses her husband's Facebook account. Brilliant. And so every message is kind of, and he's uh, he's a lovely guy, but he's this big burly, uh, a, a big big burly chap. He's very blokey. Um, and I hate those guys. But but she's obviously the the patterns. It's all it's always that sort of excitable. It's normally about something my my, my sister shared about um, about the kids or something. So it's always this really excitable tone. And then she always signs it off at the end as her name with a with a kiss. Mm. But she all she it's like she's never on her own account. She's only ever on her oh. husband's account. It's really weird. It is baffling joint account. I, I um I follow Dan Abner, the uh, comic comic mm. man, um, and his wife Nikki share an account. It's very strange. So it's very. I think it's predominantly Nikki Abner that um that that seems to administrate it. But. I understand it on sexy sites. Oh sure. Yeah, having a couple's account there, it makes sense. But Facebook don't allow for it. Yeah, the other thing that really puts me off with Facebook is um, because of my sort of compulsive nature, I find that Facebook requires an awful lot of administration. Maybe, yeah. I find it fidgety and there's lots of stuff to do. And people send you things they want you to do, whereas... Um, Instagram and Twitter aren't demanding. People largely ignore us on Twitter. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, 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 uh, I can't remember who said it the other day, but I, this is very much the ethos I have on Twitter: is tweet like everyone's blocked you. I... And that's exactly how I, I treat Twitter. Is although the worst thing is when I come up with what I think is a hilarious zinger. And it doesn't get any traction. The and other day, I then I, I asked... say, "Oh, I'm feeling ever so upset," and everyone retweets it. It's like, yeah. well, I'd rather you tweeted the good stuff about me. The um, or I, might, I might just not be funny. I, I mean, that's what I'm worried about. Not with you. I know not you're being not funny. funny. It's me. I, I I worry. No, you're funnier than me. Uh, the uh, the, uh, the I've come to accept that my sense of humour just isn't really funny. Like no, someone, someone, really at, someone at work very cruelly said to me after I'd said something. He said, well, "What does that mean?" And I said, it was, to, "It was a joke, to be honest." And he said, "Was it though?" And I was like, well, "Yeah." I mean, I said it to amuse myself, and it wasn't hurting anyone. So yeah, it, it was a joke. I don't. But anyway, uh, I don't want to. We're going off track. <coughs> you are. Uh, we're funny, going though. off track. Someone, someone told me but that the, I should spring my Bob Dylan uh, impression on you. And see you deal with it. But the problem is, I can only really do Bob Dylan in one. Who told you that, Steve? Um, in right. one, um, I can only really do one phrase. Go on. I don't believe you. Yeah, I've dealt with more difficult material from you than that. To be fair, it's usually better as well because I've had a cough. Though I can't really go quite as. Um... I don't really know what Bob Dylan sounds like. I don't believe you. I know he sounds kind of like this. And his songs? No, he doesn't sound like that. I don't believe I can't. I can't do voices. He, uh, I think he said that once in the mid-60s. The, uh, the, uh, he was in Southampton the other day. Was he? Oh, yeah, yeah. he played. Someone went to see him. Yeah. One of my colleagues Billy went Bragg. to see him. Billy Bragg went to see I, him. I hate myself for not going to see him. It's like Bob Dylan was playing within walking distance of your flat and you could not be asked to go and see him. Although tickets were on sale at a time when we had no money. I... Asked, uh, I asked Twitter, and I was half joking, but I was half kind of interested mm. as well. Why no one had exploited the Wild Boys property? And note by Duran Duran. Right. Why, why no? If someone had done a comics adaptation of the Wild Boys video mm. by Duran Duran, and I was expecting at the very least, if I said something like that mm. in the office or whatever, I'd at least get derision or be told I was weird. But on Twitter, just nobody even notices. I'd like to exploit it. I'd like to exploit. I'd like to do an alternate reality though. Where Simon Le Bon wasn't rescued in time from that um, that water wheel, and, and he just drowned. And he actually died. Who would have? Who at the time would have replaced Simon Le Bon? The reason Waterworld was so unsuccessful was literally that it was too slick. That's what I'm thinking. Looking at the looking at how hungry for uh, that sort of Mad Maxi thing people are, I think about Waterworld, and I think that's quite. I liked it. I like the aesthetic. I like the idea. I couldn't watch it. It makes me feel too unhappy. It's a bit like when the wind blows. What well, Waterworld made you too unhappy because it's a bit like it's in the same way that when the wind wind blows makes me unhappy. It's not about the the old couple. It's more about my fear of a, a dystopian 
um, uh, apocalyptic future. Okay, have you seen Mad Max yet? Is that why you can't, can't watch that I can't, watch, can't okay. watch Mad Max. It's, what about Blade Runner? I, I used to... Blade Runner, funnily, I, funnily enough, I can. It's dystopian, but it's not apocalyptic. I see. Uh, whereas um, Terminator... It's more realistic. It's more likely how it's going to turn my, out My well. trouble with Terminator when I was a kid was the nuclear annihilation. I couldn't watch it because it scared me too much. I understand. I was terrified of nuclear annihilation. Mm. Like, yes. We've done this too, though. We shouldn't go over our... Yeah, I mean, I want to nuclear... talk about... I want to talk Winter. about... Um, I want to talk about things... We're watching at the moment, and this, uh, but we'll, I want to do that next time. Um, we, uh, I, I suspect that people have started muting me instead of blocking me. I might have mentioned this before, yeah. but like, uh, and it's nice. Yeah. It's kind of nice because it means people like me enough that they don't want to offend me, but they don't want to hear what I'm saying. But it does mean that sometimes when I'm actually trying to talk to people, when I'm actually asking them a question, I think they're missing it because I think muting stops them getting it or something so I'd rather people just didn't follow me okay because then I'd know do you know what I mean it's a bit weird. I do although I, don't, I think your reasons for people muting is is a little bit I think it's more to do with social awkwardness maybe yeah not fearing your well, social awkwardness person, is people being nice in a weird sort of a way I suppose so I think I've still only ever been blocked by Emma Kennedy which I wanted to talk about procrastination we'll get there um, right, so, and and it, it, it's tied up with anxiety as well, and I want to talk about that a little bit because you were talking about uh, the cat. I haven't hardly seen the cat. Yeah, the cat's coming. We are recording. At, um, we are recording at James's house. Yeah, the guinea we, pig, we've been the guinea pigs alive still. We've been given the afternoon off by uh, by our respective families, mm-hmm. uh, and we have squandered so much of that time already. Yeah, well. I don't think we're going to make the most of it as much as I'd like, but. Um, the, the it, it kind of you made me think of uh and i've been thinking a lot about the p- precise shape that my uh neuroses take i okay. don't i don't want to exactly say my depression because that's a different thing and it's an overblown way of describing what i suffer from because i hardly ever actually get that get like deep level depressed and it's normally situational but so I want to talk about that but I also want to talk about procrastination you mentioned elephant words and you've been really proactive about elephant words you normally write your posts like middle of the week elephant words has opened up a whole world of creativity that I only ever nudged around the edges of Mm -hmm. and it's been one of the more rewarding things I've done creatively ever Yes. And it's making me realise things about myself that I didn't know before as well. In so much as um, I can write serious stuff that isn't painful to read. Yeah, absolutely. I really like your pieces. What I want to know, though, is what is the shape that the proactiveness takes? Like, why is it? Mm. And I'm not just throwing you under the bus about this because I'm. we can talk about mm. my motivation problems and mm-hmm. they're kind of wrapped up with a lot of my anxieties as well but um you hear a lot of people talking about how they don't have they're so busy they don't have time mm. and some of those people are married some of those people aren't married some of them mm. uh, like with kids and so some of them don't have pets and have like loads of obligations some of mm-hmm. them do um a lot of people like to blame it on kids or blame it on this or blame mm-hmm. it on that but it clearly isn't like when I'm at my most productive, it can be when there's loads mm. of other stuff going on as well. Why is it? And there have been reasons why we haven't done mm-hmm. like episodes yeah. in the past. We've missed a few. And a lot mm. of the time, and in the past, I was really rigid about making sure um, there was something going yeah. up. But actually with this... I and it's not really fair, but I know people sometimes give us a, would probably give us a bit of a pass on this because they know that you've had problems. Well, and well, just recently it's been I we've had to revert. I'm back at work mm-hmm. and I'm doing smashing. I'm yeah. really enjoying being at work at the moment, and the um, the um, I don't know the the um, what's it called. I'm doing something regularly. The routine of it yeah. all. It is making me feel as healthy as I've felt for as long as mm. I can remember, which which is awesome. To the point actually where I've been, umming and ahhing about maybe the other side of Christmas, going and talking about 
uh, at least reducing one of my medications, Mm -hmm. although mostly because of the side effects starting to become tiresome. Um, What was I going to talk about? Elephant words or the podcast? I, I oh sus- no, the podcast. I suspect that there are practical reasons yeah, as well. Um, so. there, there's um, the the biggest reason is um, I have found I didn't realise how much stamina it takes to go to work, mm-hmm. and I find myself by the time because of the way our family lives work, by the time you're ready to record, I'm kind of done for the evening, yeah. and and I hit the wall at about half seven, quarter to eight, and I'm always in bed like half nine ten o'clock so i mean it gets to the point where actually we're getting into the zone where i just i, I don't want to be doing anything mm-hmm. because i can't so creatively i'm not someone who can operate after about half seven to be honest um the reason i managed to be so productive with and I, i'm sorry if, if you you listen because it is on me mm-hmm. the reason that we haven't recorded for a while uh prior to the last show uh is is down to the fact that i i have been letting Nick down at the last minute, and what I have, you, you're you're pulling a very sympathetic face, but I have to say, the level of tolerance that you've shown me probably surpasses uh, what I should be able to expect. You've been exceptionally patient with me, and I, I genuinely appreciate that uh, because I, I feel so guilty as it is. I think um, anyway. It's by the way, but Elephant Words works really well for me because the writing process, as far as I'm concerned, takes place in my head. Mm-hmm. So I look at the picture. So, so the, the whole thing about Elephant Words that, that works brilliantly for me is I've seen the picture for this week and I'm pretty much visualizing it the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, that tends to be until I manage to get an idea to coalesce around it, sure, it just sits there and and. It, it takes time sometimes, I think, for that. To, I still haven't really got anything this week. But once the idea coalesces, if I'm in front of a keyboard, the story comes out in about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I, I, The actual act of writing when I write something's really quick, really quick. I mean, mm-hmm. I, it just it just flows when it comes. But it's, it's the... So because I'm at work at the moment... I can justify taking 10 minutes out of my working day just to take a break from what I'm doing to whack something down on a on a Word document, mm-hmm. check it, send it home, and then it's at home, I'll, I'll do an edit at home, and then I can load it. But the whole process of actually writing, most of the stories takes less than an hour. Yeah, okay. Most of it is just, it's, it's rumination. So, But if I was in a situation where there wasn't a keyboard in front of me, I wouldn't write it. It's as yeah. simple as that. But because I'm sat at a computer, I have the tool I need in front of me to actually get the story out of me. It's easy. See, I, I okay, that makes sense because it, it is there's there's no really long time commitment where and that's how I write as well. Mm. Most of it's going on while yeah. I'm in the shower or whatever. Quite often I do when I don't write something, it's because I've done too good a job of forming it mm. in my head. And so then I panic mm. about messing up when I write it down because I yeah. know what it's like while it's yeah. in my head. And and actually, Elephant Words was in some ways, when I started mm. it, it was in some ways a way of tricking myself out of doing that. The mm. way Elephant Words was set up to begin with was about tricking myself out of doing that. Yeah. And now for me, I realise I haven't written anything in ages and I'm having a lot of trouble mm. getting into that space. But the I, the, you in terms of the podcast, yep. the truth is that Amy has uh, given, like, she gives me all the freedom I want when I come home. If I said, oh, I won't eat till later or Mm -hmm. whatever, because I normally have my dinner and then whatever. The only hard hard deadline is the boys going to bed. Yeah. But I have... I have these ways of working, and they're not exactly OCDs because I couldn't write them down. I couldn't tell you what they are. Sure. But there are certain points where I like things to be a certain way and I like to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. And if I go too far over a particular line then into what I'm comfortable with, then I'm more likely to bail on something. Sure. Um, It doesn't happen so much with this. But but then having said that, I could just skip dinner. I, I, I don't need to eat at a particular time. But in my head, when we record... We record... 
uh, we used to record, and with the other podcasts that we've been doing longer, the comic podcasts that we've been doing mm-hmm. longer, we'd record almost straight from work, and then I'd go home, and I'd make sure I had my dinner, and I sat down and did at least one thing, like normally watch at least one episode mm-hmm. with Amy, so that I've had some time with her, and then I'd go and start doing editing. And when we record in the evenings via Skype... In my head, I quite often still have to do those mm. things. I don't normally watch an episode with her, but I want to spend a bit of time with her. When actually, we could record, like, as soon as the kids yeah. are in bed, we could record and I could, mm-hmm. uh, and then I could spend time with Amy a little bit afterwards. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. that's that's kind of me. And what I'm thinking specifically is what it feels like. It's useful to know why it works, why it's easy to do certain things and be productive in certain mm-hmm. things. Because then sometimes you can identify why sometimes um, it doesn't work other times. And and we have both been guilty uh, of getting to a certain point in the day and just bailing on yeah. certain things. And I kind of know how that feels for me, but I've always had, it, had trouble. Like, th- there are things I do that aren't rational, mainly if we have issues. We have... Um, Laura, who's lovely mm. and is a uh, uh, like a second backup. She's taken the place of second backup in case two people can't make sure. it. So we had Jesse and and Laura's available. Um, and also one of our one of our podcasting friends or one of our friends that we made through podcasting has said that they're, they're they're happy to talk in the evenings if I if they have enough warning they're happy to talk in the evenings rather than me do a solo show because the solo shows do feel like we're, I'm selling people a bit short so there are yeah. there are mm. possibilities there mm-hmm. are alternatives but what I quite often find is if it's late enough in the day or because I haven't done much podcasting with Laura, I know her, but I don't know her as well sure. as I know other people. I don't, uh, and because I'm not that socially good, sometimes the possibility will be there mm-hmm. to contact Laura, and I just won't because there's no practical reason for it. It's just that I can't face a variable at that particular point. Mm-hmm. And the exact same thing happens with our friend who I've talked to loads. It's David. Oh, okay. Uh, David Wynn. Oh, I like who, who I've talked to loads, but like the practicalities of dealing with Skype after a certain time at night. Yeah, and yeah. that's why quite often we don't record in the evenings as well is we've recorded loads over Skype. It's fine. But, but, but very it's few in my of, head that it's difficult. Very few of them haven't had an element of clusterfuck prior yeah, exactly. to recording about them. And so, it, so it's kind of... And most of the people we know who do podcasts, record them over Skype. Yeah. I'm perfectly capable of doing it, but I am more likely to bail once it gets Mm -hmm. to that point. And that's not, and that doesn't make any sense, but it's because in, in me, there's a point at which what, uh, what comes across as Mm. me being a bit more in control of things. than I think you feel about your things a lot of the time is actually, I'm quite good at keeping parameters keeping the parameters within which I am comfortable under control. Mm-hmm. And quite often you'll find that once those parameters are gone, I just flake. That's just what yeah. happens. Um, but I'm better at, I know what they are normally, so I'm better at like coping or managing yeah. them. Um, and then you get a situation like the first time we went to Thought Bubble where I hadn't been around that many people in a really long time and I just completely short-circuited yeah. and would, was happier not being around. Yeah. This thing that we'd paid loads to go up and do, you know what I mean. So what I mean is, like when when you have a day where you want really wanted to do podcasting in the morning, but then it gets to a certain point, is it like a bubble that bursts, or is it? Yeah, kind of. I mean, we're we're, we're getting we're recording in the the, the late afternoon now, mm. and we're kind of getting close to that point where I just everything might just everything sags, and I can't. Mm. I don't want to have because I when I'm doing a podcast, believe it or not, I want to do a good job. And yeah. I want to be open. I want to be cogent, um, and I, I want to be able to. It's not really performance as such, but I want to be able to give a good account for my of myself. And the problem I find is, once I get to a certain point in the afternoon where I'm I'm flagging, it feels like an effort, and then I start to feel resentful yeah. and cross that I'm doing it. And you've experienced this when we were doing Momcast, mm-hmm. and there'd be certain episodes where I'd be really fractious and grumpy, and that was just all about I just wanted to be at home, and I didn't really realise what it was at the mm-hmm. time, but I, I just needed to be in and safe and not having to worry about 
um, performing with other people. Yeah. And yeah, there gets to a point where yeah, Perf- I just performing, not just podcasting, just yeah. being around other people, yeah. and because it doesn't come that easy yeah, for me be, anyway, being because, around people. Because certainly in terms of like socially in the evenings, you know, I think probably the reason that we see Jane and Steve more than we see anyone else, and I, I think probably the reason you and I don't spend lots of time in the evenings because our family take up a lot of their commitment, and uh, I don't think you like it when people uh, don't concentrate on films and talk all the way through them. Yeah, that bothers which me. Which I'm, I'm dreadful for. Um, I obviously watched too many Mystery Science Theatre 3000s. When yeah, I was... everyone thinks they're as funny as those guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. But the, re- the reason, um, like, Jane and Steve um, are kind of like the default, a bit like um, Matt and Oki you, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you, you, you become more comfortable with certain people, certain situations. It's because Jane and Steve are happy to sit there in silence, frankly, yeah. if if that's what the evening becomes, or just like watching the TV or... Watching okay. YouTube videos. Yeah, so there's nothing required of me, whereas nowadays I find that the idea of going to a pub in the evening and having to be in inverted corners on, because uh, so much of my... Um, the way that I perceive myself is I like to be... I'm not very good at having conversations in those situations. Yeah. I'm the guy that's being loud and making smart-ass comments and, and bantering. Like um, I'm going to talk about Kay as well, but there's only certain people where I can sustain that for any length of time. Mm-hmm. And actually, she's one of them. And the reason that I always found her company so stimulating is because I find... And um, David wins like this a bit as well. Mm. I like... These sort of people excite me to be around them. So I can I can do a lot of... you know, so, But most particularly with Kay, there's a lot of... We're in, we insult each other for hours, but it, I find it hilarious. I'm not having a, an in-depth conversation about anything in particular. It's just sort of very um, superficial, but I... I kind of see myself as that guy when I'm out, and I'll be honest with you, I've got to a point in my life where I find it fucking exhausting, you know? We're really different about that, aren't we? We've talked mm. about this before, that I can't small... I struggle with small talk. And what you're talking about is more like... It couldn't be smaller. Yeah, I, I really... You have an issue with... I don't like really earnest people. It isn't that, mm. but sincerity. We've had it on the podcast I, before. I have an awful lot of trouble opening up to strangers, which mm. might sound strange to someone who makes podcasts where he's essentially but I'm not I'm talking to my best mate you know mm. I'm talking to someone who I feel so intensely relaxed with that I can actually record my thoughts when and I'm I, talking to you and I'm totally exploiting that because I'm going to put it all yeah. out in no, public that's good. but um, I, I know that it's to do with my self-esteem and I've never considered myself interesting enough to engage anyone in conversation where I'm telling them what I think because I don't you know, why would they give a fuck about what I I want to say? You know, it's sort mm. of clearly if I'm thinking it, it's bullshit. So so there's definite self esteem stuff going on there. So I've chosen the role for myself as the Joker, mm-hmm. but the problem is that is uh, it's uh, too tiring. <laughs> to, we're I to mean be. we're similar. We're kind it's of kind s- of like my sorry no, to cut right. you off. But it's a little bit like my um, and why I find the comic book podcast hard to do. That's kind of my going out persona mm-hmm. when I'm doing that, doing that podcast to sort of try and be sort of dry and witty and arch, you know. We've got so the funny thing is we've got similar sense of humour in that regard, and I know that we've talked about that before. The reason we become the jokers, mm. um, and most of our jokes are at our own expense, is mm. because self defence. There's a yeah. yeah, but it's interesting that I I never really see it as uh, my job. It's just that I've worked out that that's the the only way I can be around people yeah, yeah. it's it's kind of it's kind of different I'd sooner be having mm. um I think I used to be a really good listener I think when I was a teenager mm. I had lots of female I had lots of female friends and I think part of the reason I had lots of female friends and didn't really get on my guys was because I really liked to listen to people and try and make them feel better and stuff and so there was more communication quite often mm-hmm. when you get guys around and obviously gender stereotypes and it's all bollocks and everything but mm-hmm. in most situations where you have guys around there's lots of broadcasting and not an awful lot of listening yeah um 
but actually I know loads of women who are like that as well mm. so it's kind of maybe that's just people I don't know um, I but, had a very similar experience though I sort of I tend to express my feely feels a bit more than mm. my male contemporaries and ended up sort of not really fitting in mm. with the world and ended up actually that my my friends were the the, the female goths in our, our year when I was at secondary school because you know they were kind of uh, maybe attuned to it but I think um, you hit on something though, because the you've hit on a few things. I don't want to diminish any other points. You I've made. been hitting on you for the last hour and a half. <laughs> I know I can tell, uh, but I'm playing hard to get the uh, the, but not too hard to get. I hope uh, the <laughs> the. Just I laugh. At, that's another thing I've yeah. noticed listening back. To, I laugh at, after I've said something funny. I didn't think I was one of these people. You should after, laugh. You're very after funny. I've said something that I want that I think is funny, I do laugh. At my own jokes a lot. I'm like Russell Howard. At least, at least one listener needs to message you and say, "Nick, you're a lot funnier than you give yourself credit for." I'd sooner, uh, I'd sooner be like Russell Howard than any of the mm. other Russells. But that's a really like mm. that's like saying I'd sooner have X venereal disease than Y venereal disease. You are very funny, and actually, one of the things that um, I think we kind of fall into on the other podcast is is your quite often happy to pay straight man to me in a manner of speaking you know you're much more so gay I think, than i am i think but i think we, oh straight okay yeah sorry i misunderstood i t- i'd say you say that the other day um i posted it on twitter someone um posted a gif of marlon brando uh-huh. in his in his pomp you know so on the waterfront pomp you know with his shirt off walking towards ca- walking towards cameras oh my god I most certainly would have. You know, I, I, I have feels that I'm not entirely sure what to do with when I see that. I the whole time, the whole time I was watching Great British Bake Off, mm. and I mm. was uh, uh, kind of crushing on three of the contestants, mm. one of whom is the uh, gay Indian doctor. I was looking at Triple him, and I was threat. I know, and I was looking at him, and I was thinking, um, I was thinking, he reminds me of someone, and I and I pinned it down to this friend of ours who I, who I'm not attracted to, but mm. who is has a lot of similar yeah. traits. It's not that at all. Uh, there's a, it's actually I'm a complete racist. Okay. There's a, a character in a show called I Zombie. Uh, there's a show called I Zombie. It's really, really good. It's written based by... on a comic book. I yes, believe. it is, and it's it's the showrunner is um, the the chap who is behind Veronica Mars. It's a really good pedigree. It's very similar to Veronica Mars. <laughs> the chap behind Veronica Mars chap. was there always a chap. Yeah, right. It just stood behind <laughs> her, just ready to mansplain. Yeah, with... I uh, I watched a film called It Follows recently, and I'm still not entirely <laughs> sure that it's good. But one of the things it was really good at was yeah. having someone in shot behind the person in front oh, all the time and I it was like horrifying and, um, and 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 so that's what I, my mind immediately goes to but in that there is a uh, an uh, Indian uh, coroner her her best friend uh-huh. and and the guy who's like her partner in crime yeah. who knows she's a zombie and stuff yeah. uh, she works with him in the morgue and he's like the the coroner, and he's a scientist and a doctor and all this stuff. And he's an Indian guy, and superficially, he's like he's much more sassy sure. than the guy from Great British Bake Off. But he's tall and thin, and he's kind of got a beard, and he's got similar looks, but really not that oh, similar. I just, no, that he's devil. I've just worked out he's talking about. No, he is devilishly handsome. And 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 I realised that that's who I was thinking of. So basically, I couldn't I couldn't mm. find. Um, I couldn't find an Indian guy attractive without him basically reminding sure. me of an, another Indian guy. Tell you what almost pushed me over the edge, by the way, is I tweeted all that, and David Wynn um, pointed out to me that there was a, a rumour going around Hollywood that uh, James Dean and Marlon Brando had had a tryst. I've heard that, My I think. God, I, t- I, would have, I would have quite happily watched that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I've never, I've not really connected with Brando as a younger man. But Him is, as a younger man, or it, me as a younger man. It is strange, actually, thinking about, um, you know, because it, 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 definitely, you know, you see Brando, and I do find him attractive. There's no shadow of a doubt. But then it's the, the sexual part of it gets a bit lumpy, and I think that's got a lot to do with the fact that I'm not comfortable, generally, in the company of men. Yeah. And um, also... I don't like cock. No, no, that's a, yeah... I and, think it's a big issue for me as well. And also, um, 
the uh, I when I was in the sixth form. Actually, strangely as well, what I find attractive in a woman is kind of almost as far removed from a guy as you can get. Yeah, yeah. You you like very well. The funny thing is, I really like tomboys mm. and stuff. So whereas I like very full figured women. Yeah. Mm. Um. I I think when I think something that always that always is that stuck really with old me. fashioned. Am I allowed to say that anymore? I think you're really allowed to. No, I think it's it? fine. I, people understand what you mean. I was Frankly, s- if people are going to have a problem with that, mm. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be all. Oh, people just are like desperate to be offended. Mm. But if people are going to have a problem mm. with that, then we've said f- we've said so yeah. many things. Because I was going to say I like really point. big cans, but then I thought, well, no, maybe that's. Or I like a chick with big cans. You like thought, big well, butts. Yeah, yeah, and you cannot lie. And then it's the, more of a booby thing, though, isn't it? I wrote a very clever bio. Don't tell, don't tell anyone, eyes. and they can read it. James writes for a website that I set up a very long time ago as a way of forcing me to write, but I haven't written in We've ages. We've already done elephant words on this podcast, but we haven't mentioned uh, ele- we haven't mentioned the address. We just kind of talked about it. Oh. It's elephantwords.co.uk, and there are lots of really good writers on there, and James is one of them, and also and, David wins one of them, and and um, Amanda. Yes. Who is uh, David's partner? Yes, yes. Um, she writes lovely. As does David, but Amanda writes lovely. There are a lot of really good writers on there mm. at the moment. She, I always find she's actually one of the writers. You are too, David. But she's one of the writers on there that I actually um, is kind of aspirational because she writes very thoughtfully and paints. I think paints quite vivid pictures. I always feel a bit. I always feel a bit weird highlighting any one writer on there mm. a bit because I don't I don't see it as kind of a professional obligation but I feel a bit weird as the person running it to single any one person out but I really like Amanda's mm. I, I because she writes in a she writes in a way that's completely different to how I would write mm-hmm. and so I always yes. um I always love reading that because it's so good but there's another writer called Alex Jury who I would really really like like for people to read more of because I yeah. always love her pieces. Yeah. And um and she writes you know, she's written for the site a lot over the years. Sure. So um but yeah, I think it's good. But uh, like we're procrastinating. And also me. About, also yeah, me. And you're very good also as well. Me. I mean um, which is essentially I, I really enjoyed you talking about how much you enjoy other people. Yeah. Really, uh, ultimately all I really want to do is hear you talk about me in positive terms. Yeah. I mean you're really good. Well I'm all for right. a for a beginner. I hit and miss. I well, I, it is interesting that like um, it's interesting that elephant words of all things though is the thing that's because we we've been trying and I've been failing at this as well, but we've been trying to uh, do more. We want to do writing for like writing about comics mm-hmm. and stuff for um, well for the mom site. But also at the time, but now for the other ten percent, and it's like getting motivated to do. That. I mean, I'm not writing at all at the moment, I'm so I don't so have an excuse. I'm desperately trying to get a hook for myself at the yeah, moment. Yeah, it's like there has to be something mm-hmm. um, that's there, and I think there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of anger. I, I never used to think of myself as particularly anxious, as a particularly anxious writer. Um, and like I never used to feel particularly conflicted about it or anything like that, uh, but I think okay. So it's not it's not as clear a fit as uh, as I was expecting it to be mm. for this episode. But just in terms of the shape of, we don't have to talk about the shape of your mental health this week. I think we've probably got enough episodes yeah. where we look at that. But uh, the thing that I thought about right at the beginning when we, when you were talking about the table. And we're on a table where one half... And it's just a lived-in kitchen, a lived-in living room. Like, one half of the table is cleared because I, it I, needed to be. I hate to pull you up on this, but it's a, it's technically speaking a dining room. Okay, dining room. Whatevs is a thing that young it, people it's say. It's the most used room in our... Apart from the bedrooms. So. And the <laughs> and the uh, the table on, on the side that we're on is clean. And as James, I think, pointed out earlier on, the other half of the table... Is chaos. Is, is chaos. Mm. And... Because it's your house, I just think it's fine. You know, it's fine. Mm. I don't have the, but the the particular shape of my anxiety at the moment. When mm. I've got depressed, it has been as one would expect. It's normally and and normally because it doesn't happen all that often. I have been in the position to take some time off work, which has been the worst thing. 
So even if it's only been a stretch of 10 days or something, I have, as as you would expect, been unable to get up. Like, my dog Anya literally saved me from the last really major bout I had because I would not have gone out of the house at all if not if she didn't need walking and I was the only person who um, who could do that. And if I didn't find a place for her to live literally we would I, I wouldn't have had a place to if it had been left to me I wouldn't have found a place to live at that point because I was having to move out of a place for the stretch of a couple of years if not if I didn't have to care for her I wouldn't have cared for myself but it was only like 10 days of of the proper depression but the thing that's getting to me at the moment is chaos and it's something I talk about a little bit but it's 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 one of those things where it's and thought uh i'm not going to talk about that because it will have already happened <laughs> so Fair when enough. this goes out um the uh at the moment we're in a house that we only bought in the last uh six months cost us a lot of money all looked very new and it is it is quite nicely done up but there's a conservatory thing which I I'm I'm starting to notice that most of the stuff that was done to it was done by the guy who owned it and that he did it more to look nice than actually so there are little things like there's more condensation than I'd like in one whole chunk of the house and maybe I wouldn't be like this if I hadn't lived in a house where damp had been a really major like mold had been a really major problem but I'm stressed out about it. I'm not smart enough to find out every, you know, some to people... To buy a dehumidifier. Well, I, yeah, I mean, that's the thing I'm thinking about. But, like, um, this is just an example of a whole bunch sure. of things. Uh, funnily enough, I'm not feeling this at work. September at work is ridiculous, but I don't yeah. feel this way at work. You work at university, yeah, so I work at university. obviously the busiest time of year. But I'm... Everything around me at the moment feels like there there's there's a manageable level of order and a manageable level of chaos and each cycle be it a day or a week or something like that um i feel like i'm slipping slightly more or situation slipping once you start thinking like this um it becomes something that ends up applying to everything so like every time one of the dogs has an accident which they seem to be having at the moment I'm mopping and I'm looking at the grout. I'm not like having to look, check the locks every every t- or check the oven every time I walk out mm-hmm. or anything. But like I'm looking at the grout or whatever it's called between the tiles when I mop and thinking that's going to get worse. It's just going to get worse. That nothing in this house is going to get better. That step that Amy doesn't even notice, but that f- I feel it slipping under my foot because I'm obviously more dense than she is. It's at some point it's going to go, and I don't know a fucking thing about stairs. Like I just got a new phone. I just got a new phone from um, uh, uh, EE. I, I my phone finally deteriorated to the point where I realised I'd been putting off. I'd been due an upgrade for six months, and I'd been putting it off because the idea of having to get because I also get major consumerist anxiety like the idea of picking a phone when I know how much they they cost even though I don't have to pay anything for them like but I knew I'd have it for a year and a half and I'd be stuck with it so I was panicking about that I had an issue with trainers and with trainers there's a deterioration thing there as well because I'm like looking at my trainers that I'm wearing at the moment and I've literally got to a point where all of my shoes are going to go at once because I've been letting them all get worse and worse and worse mm-hmm. and they're all going to go at once and we're not getting tidier in our house we're getting slightly worse all the time and and we're no good at hoovering and all that and that's that's for me that i'm at the moment i'm slightly further into feeling like everything's kind of i can't keep a handle on everything and it's all getting slightly worse than is necessarily healthy normally i have it in balance but right now it's a little bit weird. It does sound like OCD, doesn't it? It sounds like anxiety. Yeah, oh no, it's definitely anxiety. Mm. But that's the shape of it for me. Yeah. I think quite often people talk about anxiety or depression or whatever. And it it's... You get it, but you don't... Obviously each person experiences it slightly differently. Like I said, each person experiences it slightly differently. 
and how we're not that great at talking about it. So someone who isn't... Got, I get the feeling... Well, it's so easy for people to say, get a grip. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for uh, sure. Especially anxiety. Depression, I think, people are starting to become more understanding about. Or at least programmed to but, understand that it's a real thing. But I tell you what, in terms of the impact it's had on my wider life, anxiety is the worst part of my illness. And mm. what happens is I feel very similarly to that. We, we lead a busy life and the flat is not in the condition I would like it in at all. But when anxiety gets really sort of pernicious and unpleasant is you then start to blame someone else. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a relationship, it will more often than not, I think, be your partner you blame. It's not their fucking fault. They're just living their life as well. Mm. But you start to have... I, no, this, not you. I experienced it. In so much as I'd start to blame Nicola and I'd get angry with Nicola and get snappy with her and it, it, it becomes a really horrible sort of downward spiral I find. I don't uh, I don't talk about I don't talk about Amy when she and I are having mm. arguments on the podcast because I want people to like mm. her. Because she's lovely. She, I mean she's alright. No, she is lovely. Yeah, she's I mean she's better than me, but she I don't know lovely. what that counts as a barometer. She was she was lovely enough for you to want to marry her, so she must be quite lovely. Yeah. Yeah, I think she was settling though. Um but I mean I wasn't talking about it from her perspective. I oh, know that's true. But the thing is um uh, d- d- that's the thing isn't it is that like I think um we have shorthand it's mm-hmm. back to the empathy thing that I think yeah. we were talking about in a previous show. Um, the, uh, the, the we all have a shorthand for what these words mean, and if we've experienced them, we tend to mm-hmm. think that ours is like other people's. But mm-hmm. actually, you don't. the The shape, um, especially if it's undiagnosed or undiagnosable, or if it's just a thing, because this is the thing. The other thing about mental health that I find really fascinating and really interesting is I like like most things i have just come to believe it's a spectrum uh, because it is it's a series of spectrums or a series of capabilities or tolerances and some people just have bad brain chemistry and other people don't but the truth is that like i think we all have um uh, we are all capable of having anxiety but some people are just so capable at dealing with it that like you wouldn't even notice or they never even acknowledge it as that do you know what I mean? You're making faces. Yeah, but and can I, I'm going to be really personal, I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I listen to what you're saying about your anxiety, and I, I'm pretty sure it's anxiety mm-hmm. that drives you. And you kind of remind me of me pre-breakdown, when I used to say, oh, I don't get depressed, I just get the blues. Mm. And and to me, I, I kind of feel like I, I don't, I'm not one that I don't like to give people advice because I don't think I'm usually in a very good position to do so. But I sort of listen to you and I'm kind of like, well, you sound like someone who knows you've got a problem. Mm. And I don't know if you, I think it's a hard thing to say is I want a diagnosis mm. because a diagnosis can be, it, it, it kind of legitimizes how you're feeling. And actually, mm. a diagnosis is kind of a relief mm. because. And and for me, it was incredibly important, and I didn't realise at the time how important getting a diagnosis of depression and anxiety was, because all of a sudden I could then let myself off the hook, mm. it's like not and not let myself off the hook for my bad behaviour, but I could finally say to myself, right, yeah, this is something I've got, and I've got to do something about mm. it now, and that includes sort of mindfulness, that includes. You know, understanding the thing more deeply, and it, and it included taking a course of medication, and a course of counselling. It's kind of, I, I, for some months, I've kind of desperately just wanted to get hold of you and say, "Dude, go to your doctor and tell them about your anxiety and phone up Steps for Wellbeing, who are a um, NHS um, provider in our area that offer self-referral counselling and stuff." And it's like. I, as your friend, I kind of want you to um, not do yourself a favour, but it's almost like, and I, and I don't know what, I don't know what you've done in terms of seeing a doctor 
I didn't have a doctor at the before, moment. Before, but it's kind of like I I just I I kind of really want you to go and and have a chat with him because I kind of feel like you, especially around my mental illness, you've been like sort of oh, oh but yours is worse than mine and no, it's fucking not. No, yours no, no, is no, your, no, 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 no. But you, like, you've no, but you've been really sort of when we're talking about it, you sort of let me talk like um. I've had sort of maybe worse things, but I, I kind of I really wish that you'd go and. Oh God, no! I've had on and off down through mm. the years. Yeah. No, like all the time mm. that you were, all the time that you mm. weren't yeah. aware of what was going on yeah, in your yeah, head. Yeah. I've been seeing, yeah. not ac- not actually because yeah. the part of the problem, uh, part of the problem I have mm. is because it doesn't last it, at any given time. It doesn't last for very long, um, or I haven't had any sort of safety net mm. or support structure where. I could have taken the time to really sort sure. stuff out, mm-hmm. um, but it, it hasn't been that pressing. Yeah. I've been very much a, not a victim because I've found the help I've needed when I've needed sure. it. But I've been I've been a, a victim of doctors saying, "Well, I can get you off work for mm. a few weeks if that's what you need," but at the same time, not mm. not treating anything as. Yeah more important and I've gone to people in HR and talked to them about getting counselling yeah. and stuff like that and so I've had a lot of I have a I'm not unaware of sorry that, no 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 it's so, fine. And, and this is the problem but, well, no, but I think I, I you worry that your concern then sort of becomes almost browbeating you know well you know when you say um, you know when you sort of whenever you say anything about and I do the same thing but whenever you say anything about women or uh, any sort of other group Mm-hmm. then you uh, are immediately aware of uh, the the possibility that you might be speaking from a point of privilege or mm. might be being offensive or something, so you caveat it. I am, definitely. When I is. say, and I do a little bit of that, but when I say, oh, I know your situation's much worse... Mm. Um, that's mainly me doing that, really. Because mm. I know that I'm... F- I know that I'm fucked up. Yeah. I'm quite... I might not know. I I might be doing a bit of what you were talking about now, but I I know roughly the parameters of it. I try not to be horrible to people about it, but sometimes yeah. because of it. But sometimes I realise that I've done it, mm-hmm. and I think, if I felt desperate, mm-hmm. like properly desperate, yeah. I I wanted to, to be honest. Partly, it's back to what we were talking about procrastinating. I haven't even got a doctor at the moment because sure. since we moved, I just haven't found the time mm. to do it, and it's a hassle. It Last is. time we lived round the corner from a doctor, and I was all set to go to them, mm. but now I have to get in a car and go and find. And I've got to do loads of stuff, and I just can't. I can't be bothered. Well, I only, but, only ended up getting a doctor because an optometrist told me I looked like I was about to die. Yeah, you see, oh, I'm saying that in a roundabout way, but an optometrist diagnosed my blood pressure and strongly advised me to see a GP. And the reason I've got one. Well, and admittedly, part of my problem is that mm. I'm maintaining at the moment. So, or and I'm and I'm generally maintaining. I can generally cope. So it's easier to not find solutions. But see, when I, think, I when I, think, I say sorry, go on. when I say um, that your situation's worse, it. Or, or that you've had worse problems. It's because I am very aware, because I've seen it firsthand and also because mm. you, you've been very open about it, that there have been times when you have shut down completely. Oh, good, yeah. And when I have shut down completely, mm. it's happened in very isolated situations. I could mm. nail down exactly why I was feeling that way. Mm. And I did deal with it at the time. Mm. So I have these sure. things. And there are things that I want to get checked out, but they're not as pressing as they could be. See, no, th- no, I'm a fucking mess. See, I'm aware I think the of thing it. is a friend, though, and you, you talk about the things that cause you anxiety, and I sort of sit here and it's like, I, I worry that there's... Um, I I almost felt it was noble coping. Oh, God, no. And it's, it's like... And, and I think that, that worries me. Sometimes maybe I misinterpret what you're saying, but it's like there's nothing worse than someone who clearly I'm not saying this is this is um the case for you but it does worry me when when people are sort of coping it's very difficult to express what I'm saying because I, I used to say oh I get the blues and sort of mm. used to laugh it off until it got to the point where the dam burst and now I realize that you don't have to feel that way. Mm. There are things that can be done, both um, pharmacological things that can be done, as well as, you know, counselling and and so on and so forth. But I I, I kind of, I'm angry with myself that for so many years, 
I um I didn't get on top of it because I could have been much happier much earlier in my life, you mm. know. And it's uh, I I don't know. I was talking to maybe I, I think there's a, a danger that you become a, too much of a cheerleader for it. Mm. I was um although I I, I work now I'm back at work but there's a, a, a young she's 21 a, a girl that I work with and she was asking me about how I ended up in their department and I told her I'd been off sick she asked me oh I hope you're okay now what was wrong and I said oh I had a Brit and I opened up because I I'm happy to, to own it now but then she in turn opened up and started talking about how she feels and listing off all of the like you know the the anxiety checklist mm-hmm. you know can't sleep the insomnia the you know not wanting to go out the what just wanting to go to bed and i ended up encouraging her to go and talk to occupational health but i, I think there's the, the danger of me going too far the other way it's like well now i'm feeling fucking ex-smokers <laughs> yeah well, exactly isn't it <laughs> ex, ex-loonies but um the better I feel, the more I want to, the the more I have to sort of watch myself that I'm not getting too an- evangelical mm. in terms of sort of trying to diagnose people who, who could, you know, legitimately just, you know, they they have ups and downs, but maybe don't require medication. Well, I guess I that's to... kind of I'm not I'm not one of the people I'm talking about when I say that I think most people have it in them mm. to be anxious. No, I know that I know that there are things that I don't deal with as well as other people, mm. and the my my problem if I have a rationalisation of it, which I think is what you're worried about mm. that like I make excuses for it. If I have a rationalisation of it, it's that I can nail down logically most of the things that upset me and most of the things that I can't cope mm-hmm. with are things that I think it is more normal to be angry about Mm. or stressed out about than not like a lot of things at work for example the place where i really have trouble coping with the status quo with the way things work and when i say have trouble i don't mean just get angry i mean you know to the point where i have asthma attacks there and i don't have them anywhere else um which don't seem to be like about environment um is it's all behaviors that if someone was telling me about those situations at their workplace yeah I would say, yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I can't believe you have to deal with that mm. sort of thing. So, I, I it is it's it's easy for me. It's very easy for me to go. Well, yeah, I'm clearly, you know, it would be better if mm-hmm. I could cope with that. But at the same time, I'd rather not be one of the people who thinks that this is all okay. Yeah. Which seems to be all of the other people yeah, yeah. who are just who come up with, yeah. you know, people who are angry yeah. until you actually say, well, we could do something about mm. this, though. We could change a culture here, mm. or we could do this. Or even in social situations, you know, you don't have to put up with this from your friends or this and this. And then people are like, well, I mean, it doesn't matter. Though. They're just people, though, aren't they? And then I'm like... But no, they're not. We don't have to yeah. put up with this stuff. So it's like, um, I, I, I don't know I'd you. kind of rather be me in some ways, but at the same time, I'm aware that that is also rationalising. I totally get that. I, I, mm. To the point where I, I, I sometimes lament certain aspects of my personality that I know have have dropped away. And I think generally I'm a calmer person. I'm probably an easier... Nicola definitely feels I'm an easier person to be around and that makes me very happy because that's the most important thing. You know, are Scarlett and Nicola more comfortable around me now? And if the answer is yes, then any side effect and any part of my personality that sort of waned, it's a good thing. Hmm. But um, I, I tell you what I've noticed being at work, actually, though, is I'm, I'm able to detach easier than I used to. And I think part of my problem previous from my job is and maybe this is this this is your thing too is i i care too much i give too much of a shit i care about, about i care about, a lot about things yeah. about different things than apparently a lot of the other people yeah. i work with yeah yeah i think um which makes you laugh isn't it because then it's like well I I, I I agree with you maybe other people should come a little bit back the other way because actually is that is that really such a negative behavior that you care about people being nice to each other and understanding each other it's like uh, apparently not you have to be medicated for it (laughs) i the thing is there are people uh there are people in my workplace who uh use the fact that they care Mm. they care too much Mm. for 
to to explain away behavior that I think is awful. Mm. So I'm I'm where you know maybe that's what I'm doing. Maybe that's what we're doing. Listen, I think we've done some very good work, but our time's almost up. So uh, for this uh, session, <laughs> this this time. This time it's what, is it a fifty minute hour we've done. I think I think we've nailed procrastination. Mm. I miss I, my counsellor. She so, was lovely. So now all of our podcasts will, will always be out. Uh, the thing is, I what? know I'm I'm very aware that you yeah. you went out on a limb there, and you maybe feel like mm. you overstepped, but you didn't actually overstep. It's perfectly mm. reasonable to say yeah. some of that stuff to a friend. And I know that, um, and I'm not thinking of any specific mm. listener, listener, mm. uh, but I just know from listening to myself responding and this is the thing this is where i have this is maybe something that i could Mm. i could medicate away possibly um is that as i was responding i was thinking well i think that my response are perfectly valid but there are definitely listeners out there who are like listen to him yeah he's denying he's denying like james everything james said was absolutely spot on and he's coming up with excuses for every Mm. single thing that james was worried about yeah what uh he just doesn't you know He's he's going well, beyond the point of of, yeah. of being mentally unhealthy into just being an asshole. Yeah, I mean you're all almost uh, psychopathically capable of <laughs> rationalising anything. Absolutely, it's just as well that um, um, I uh, I don't want to kill anyone because yeah. I could probably get away with it. I mean the good thing is I don't think you're quite in Dan Harmon territory at the moment. So mm, no. Bless him. Yeah, I know. It's I, I, it's funny. The two, he might be all right by the time this one goes possibly, out. Possibly. But the two episodes you were... I remember talking to you about you being uncomfortable with, I thought were fine. It was the... Um, the is there service to the aquarium is a, a recent one I've listened to, which I thought was heartbreaking. The signs were all there. Yeah. Right. True to form, we haven't talked about our kids. We're closing an episode talking about someone else's podcast. I think it's time to go. We love them. But, and, and also, we think we've got a plan to, to get back on the horse recording these. Yes. And getting them out regularly. But so far, it's failing. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Time yeah. will tell. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, right, I need the toilet again. Mm-hmm.